Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 738. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about the real estate bubble. Is it time to sell real estate? And has the bubble popped or is it currently popping? Well, this is a tough topic because a lot of people are very emotionally attached to our homes. Of course, where we live is our sanctuary. And with the lockdowns worldwide, we've all been quarantined at our sanctuary. And it seems like everything is turned upside down. And Now we're down to the basics. We're down to food, shelter, and water, and I guess toilet paper. But this is a difficult topic because now we're going to talk about the very place that you live. And so I know this is delicate and I want to talk about this in a delicate way. It's not that I have a crystal ball, but I am going to share with you some facts and my opinion about those facts and what I think is the leading indicator of housing, at least it has been in the past, to show us what happens before we do have real estate price declines. I'm gonna rely on some articles. I have my most accurate forecaster that I'm also going to quote, who I mentioned in my book, and I'm going to just give you all of the details why I think this is the path that we're on, that we are on a condensed time horizon where this is the best time for perhaps you to sell property rather than be buying property. And I realize this may be shocking to some people because all we've been reading in the press is positive news about real estate. Something like this, quote, house sold within days above asking price, end quote. Well, yes, we have been hearing that, but why are we hearing that? We're hearing that because there's currently a shortage of housing. And that's because when the government stepped in to stop foreclosures, it created a housing shortage and increased prices. We also have been quarantined at home And so regular sales of homes haven't been able to occur. We have restrictions on how realtors can show the house. We have restrictions on how many people can go through the house. And so it's been a little more difficult than usual to get a house listed, to get a house sold, to actually go through the regular requirements to just normally purchase or sell a home. We've also seen somewhat of an exodus out of some large cities like New York, where people are moving out to the suburbs and getting out of the city and where people are moving from suburbs to a more rural area. I think a lot of people have been watching how governors 
governed during this time and during the whole CV-19 crisis. And they're watching and deciding whether they agree with what their governor did or not. Some people agree, some people disagree. Also, people had a shift from how they might be working. Some jobs might now be 100% online or you are working from home. I've heard that people in San Francisco, for example, who work for large tech companies who have now been assigned to work from home 100% of the time are really asking themselves if they need to live in downtown San Francisco or if they could move to a much lower cost area. Spring is usually the time when most people buy and sell real estate, but because we were quarantined, we weren't able to. So now there's pent up demand and there's more buyers than houses available to buy. But as the economy opens more slowly than expected, many who thought they were temporarily unemployed will find out perhaps it's permanent, especially people at older ages. It just so happens that people that get laid off happen to be older. And the average age of losing your job is about age 55. So if a lot of 55 year olds find out they no longer have a job and don't have good prospects for employment, they might be considering putting their house on the market and accessing some of that home equity that they've made over their lifetime. But here's why we have some real problems. Number one, the big picture is that housing lags the economy. Unlike the stock market that leads the economy and shows us what's coming in the economy, the housing market lags the economy. So in other words, housing usually follows unemployment. And when unemployment rises, then housing prices fall and the housing supply increases as people sell their homes and try to unlock their home equity value. And right now we have 4.7 million people that have mortgages in forbearance and have an unpaid principal totaling $1 trillion. We also have banks and lenders getting tougher and not issuing as many loans. Credit seems to be drying up. And what I mean by that is that people have reported that the maximum conforming loans, also known as jumbo loans, are not even being offered in some cases. This would be for larger home purchases and jumbo loans can be $484,000 to in some high home price areas, $765,600 for single family properties. So if you're not able to get a loan to buy that more expensive house, well, that means that it is going to make it difficult for people to buy. We also see credit tightening on credit cards. Just as an aside, I've heard that people that have very good credit have received notices that their credit lines on their credit cards are decreasing. So in other words, if you had a $20,000 credit line and didn't even carry a balance and have great credit, you might get a letter in the mail that says, hey, we're reducing your line by $10,000. So credit is drying up and that's a contracting economy. That's not an expanding economy. Just looking at California, we've had 1 million Californians apply for unemployment insurance, and we didn't have that many even in the Great Recession. So this has happened just in a couple month period. It could get much, much larger than this. 
And again, unemployment determines housing trends. In the 1990s, unemployment shot up and housing prices went down sharply. In terms of timing, we have 30 million Americans losing their $600 extra unemployment benefits at the end of July. Also in New York City on June 20th, their suspension of home evictions ended and August 20th, their residential and commercial renter eviction moratorium will end. So while we had low interest rates keep the bubble from popping, I think it's just delayed the popping noise. It might have popped, we just haven't heard the noise yet. And you might be saying, what are you talking about, Linda? The housing market's gonna recover. We went through this in 2008. It'll come back just like it did then. Well, here's why it's different. In 2008, baby boomers were aged 44 to 62, and they could hold on to their home for 10 more years. So now it's 12 years later, and today baby boomers are 56 to age 74. And like I said, the average age of getting laid off is 55. So they are above the age where they can expect to get re-employed. That means without prospects of employment, they might wanna sell their house and again, cash in on that nice home equity, retire to someplace less expensive with maybe no tax. States like Texas, Nevada, Florida, Arizona, and other low-cost states like Alabama, South Carolina, Arkansas, might also be very popular. The standard of living is a lot lower and they can move from an expensive state like California or New York and use that money from their house for their retirement. But on top of the baby boomers thinking about selling, we also have a couple of other groups that might be thinking about selling soon. If there's any price downtrend in housing, you can bet it's going to cause a tsunami of people to sell because once they see housing prices don't just go up, they might be going down, more people will decide it's time to sell. For example, I found this quote on Zero Hedge. Apparently, Airbnb has thousands of super hosts who bought 10, 20, and 30 properties with mortgages and are heavily levered and about to default. Without travel, there's no rental income to pay these mortgages. In two to three months, it's 2008 all over again. Boom. Now, some Airbnbs might recover fine. People are tending to drive from their home for vacation rather than fly. So if you're in an area where a lot of people can drive to stay at your Airbnb, you might be okay. But if you're in a location where people generally have to fly in to get there, that might cause more stress on those Airbnb owners. There's also hedge funds who bought lots of houses to rent out and they used it as a strategy in place of usual bond income that they would invest in. You see, typically bonds had paid 8%, 7%, 6%, and now at a 2% or a 1% bond yield, they're just not attractive. So buying real estate houses and renting them out, they were able to get 5 and 6% average annual returns. So if hedge funds see that housing prices are declining, they're going to have to make a decision. Are they going to keep their houses and risk the value going down, but still keep them as a rental and generating rental income? Or are they going to want to sell and cash in on the higher equity prices? 
It's very difficult to forecast the future, and I'm not saying I have a crystal ball, but there are people that I've looked to have who have been highly accurate in the past. One of them I wrote about in my book, Martin Armstrong. Martin Armstrong is someone who is respected by governments and institutions. And in fact, his software has been so accurate. It's been said that he went to jail because the government wanted it and he wouldn't give it to them. What is Martin Armstrong forecasting about housing? Well, he says that housing has finished a 78-year cycle. And he's expecting the housing market cycle to decline into 2033. Another financial analyst, Ross Clark, lined up Martin Armstrong's chart with the Schiller Housing Index. But he also says the Armstrong real estate cycle doesn't match very well prior to 1955. But after 1955, it coincides with the peak in 1984, 1972, 1981, 1988, and 2007. Now again, it's difficult depending on the state you live in, your area, whether you have taxes in your state, etc., and jobs available in your state. And this is a broad generalization, but I do have this chart available on my website and you can go and look at the chart. It's very interesting. You'll have to click through the show notes to get to the website to see the chart because I can't post the chart in the show notes. You have to go to my website to look at that. So you'll just click through. It'll take you to my website and you can view the chart. I also have an article to share with you. This is from Zero Hedge and it was dated June 20th, 2020. It says, nearly half of Americans consider selling home as COVID crushes finances. And it says, as the virus pandemic has metastasized into an economic downturn, tens of millions of Americans have lost their jobs and are struggling to service mortgage payments. New research offers a glimpse into struggling households, discovers out of the 2,000 American homeowners polled, over half, 52%, of respondents say they're routinely worried about making future mortgage payments and nearly half, 47%, considered selling their home because of the inability to service mortgage payments. The study, conducted by one poll and the National Association of Realtors, determined 81% of respondents had experienced unexpected financial stress due to the virus-induced recession. Over half, 56%, reduced spending so they could service mortgage payments. Since mid-March, or about the time when the lockdowns began, nearly half, or 47% of homeowners have explored alternative ways of making money. About two-thirds of respondents, 64%, started side projects, while 53% sold valuables to supplement income. The swift and unprecedented impact of COVID-19 left many people in a financial emergency, and we want to make sure struggling homeowners know they have relief options, especially during Home Ownership Month, said the National Association of Realtors President Vince Malta. Realtors and lenders can identify programs and aid designed to help meet loan obligations. Acting quickly may help homeowners stay in their homes and keep the money they have already invested into it, Malta said. From clothing, 71%, and takeout, 66%, to streaming TV services, 46%, and groceries, 45%, respondents said their spending habits had been significantly reduced so they could service mortgage payments. 
In a separate report, more than 4 million homeowners are in mortgage forbearance plan, representing 7.54% of all mortgages. Delinquencies are set to surpass the Great Recession, which peaked at 10%. I want to pause for a moment and say, right now, the world is changing, and businesses are adapting in different ways. So in these uncertain times, how do you make sure your marketing gets the results you need? LinkedIn can help you reach people who are looking for opportunities to help their business and can focus your campaigns on the objectives for today, so your marketing works better. With over 62 million decision makers on LinkedIn, you're able to connect with the right business leaders, people who are there to learn how to be more effective at their jobs and find products to help their companies. 71% of people said they use information they find on LinkedIn to perform their business decisions. And with LinkedIn ads, you can make sure your messages are getting through to these relevant people. Whenever I'm looking for a corporate decision maker, I go right to LinkedIn. LinkedIn marketing can help you build campaigns using objective-based advertising, allowing you to customize the campaign experience based on the action you want the customer to take. Whether you're trying to drive clicks to a website, generate leads, or even generate video views, LinkedIn has the targeting tools that can help you focus on reaching your precise audience down to their job title, company name, location, and more. In fact, you can reach people you already know based on who has visited your site or who you've contacted in the past. LinkedIn ads can help all types of businesses get the marketing results they need today. See how LinkedIn can help you with a free $100 LinkedIn ad credit to launch your first campaign. Visit linkedin.com wealthy. That's linkedin.com wealthy. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to our podcast. Oxford Economics said 15% of homeowners would fall behind on their monthly mortgage payments in a tidal wave of delinquencies, which was similar to the prediction by Moody's chief economist Mark Zandi, who said that as many as 30% of Americans with home loans, or around 15 million households, may stop paying if the U.S. economy remains closed through the summer or beyond. Google's search, quote, sell home, rose during lockdowns. All of this says a lot about the economy. Households are struggling, they can't afford real estate, consumption will remain low as the prospects of a V-shaped recovery this year continue to wane. End of article. Well, remember, we're in fantasy land, and so the reason why the stock market is going up is not because of a V-shaped recovery, it's because there's no real numbers by corporations, CEOs, to compare reality with what the stock should be valued at. So right now we're in fantasy land and we're going to continue in fantasy land. And I actually think it's going to get more speculative once we get through a rough patch likely this week. Because right now we do have a pullback that started and I do think it will likely continue into this week. We'll see whether it gets much worse but I don't anticipate this is the big one. I think from this pullback in the stock market, we will go on to all-time highs in the stock market, and people will get into a speculative bubble frenzy worse than what we just experienced, which got crazy as last week, one of the poster children for this speculative time was pulling Scrabble letters out of a bag to come up with a stock symbol to buy blindly, proving his theory that stocks only go up. Well, in this pullback, I think he'll find that stocks don't only go up. But like I said, we will recover from this pullback and go on to all-time highs. So he'll be back at it again, claiming that stocks only go in one direction. 
That is until the numbers start coming out and we have to go back to reality. And when we have to go back to reality in August or September, it's not going to be pretty. And that's why I wanted to do this real estate report for you right now so that you can get ahead of this curve and you can see what's coming and make some intelligent decisions. It's not obvious to the crowds right now what's going to be happening, but if you've listened to this podcast and you've heard what I've said, it's probably becoming clearer to you that we are in a world of trouble for real estate. I think by September, this will become very clear to everyone. So you have a few months head start where you could be a seller here if you wanted to. And if that was something that was on your agenda to get done, this would be the time to be a seller. Remember, housing lags the economy. So unemployment happens and then the decline in housing prices happen. And right now, because of these forbearances, it has stopped foreclosures, creating a housing shortage and artificially increasing prices. But that won't hold too much longer. So what should you do? Well, if you need the equity for your retirement and you were thinking of downsizing and selling your home to unlock that equity and you have something like a McMansion or a larger home, You might have trouble selling that, but you could try to put it on the market. If you have a high-end property, remember, jumbo loans are hard to come by, so you're going to likely have to find a cash buyer. I would price my home attractively. I wouldn't try to get top dollar. I would price it to sell quickly. If you have a starter home, those are going to be in higher demand as they're more affordable to more people. So you probably could sell more of a starter home price level home a lot easier. Number two, remember regional areas can differ than a national number and we're likely to have strength in states like Texas, Florida, Nevada, Arizona, maybe a few others where the cost of living is a lot less expensive. So if you're already there, you're likely positioned very well. Number three, I know it sounds crazy, but I think the only way out of this debt crisis that we're going to experience, because ultimately this is about the world having too much debt, is there's going to be a one-time debt forgiveness situation. And so if you have a mortgage on your home, I do think that debt will be forgiven. I can't guarantee it. Please don't make plans based on my opinion, but it is my opinion that we will at some point have debt forgiveness for all debt, mortgage debt, credit card debt, auto loans, student loans, everything. I can't say when, but I do think that it is in our future because otherwise the world can't ever really reset and go on. We need to get rid of the debt in order to start over. It's like rebooting your computer. We have to get rid of the debt in order to do that. And that's what we didn't do in 2008. You see, in 2008, none of the debt got forgiven. All we did was create more debt and a bigger bubble and a bigger real estate bubble. That is not going to happen this time. This real estate bubble is on its way to popping or has popped. We just haven't heard it yet. And... It's not going to reinflate like it did last time. We're deleveraging in this cycle. We're not going into another leverage cycle. And that's what's been driving asset prices higher is leverage. So if you don't have credit, you don't have the ease of leverage that you had 
after 2008 and 9, after the Great Recession, you're not going to see the reinflation of housing prices. And that's what I think people don't really understand, is that this is a deleveraging situation. And that's why we're not going to see the expanding bubble of home prices again. So I hope I haven't put you into a state of shock. I know this; these are shocking trends and statistics, but I'm hoping to help you make good decisions by giving you the information that maybe you're not hearing anywhere else. I can tell you the truth because I don't sell real estate. I don't sell stocks. I don't have a vested interest of the direction going one way or the other. Therefore, I can look at facts and interpret which way is this likely to go. I don't have a bias to only a positive outlook. Where do you go for an unbiased outlook? You come here. I would love to be able to tell you that housing was gonna rebound and everything was gonna be okay, but that's just not what we're going through. And for all the reasons I've given you, things are going to be different this time than they were after the Great Recession. We have a completely different situation. We had a worldwide shutdown. We had a health situation that turned into a financial situation. This is very different from 2007. Each time they had their own circumstances, which caused the pullbacks in the economy. This time, the circumstances are completely different. And what we're experiencing is a global glut of debt that is going to eventually implode on itself and it has to be gotten rid of. And that's what we're going through this time. And if that's not something that you're seeing clearly or understanding clearly, it's going to be difficult for you to make the right financial moves through this. So again, just in summary, because of the age of the baby boomers being 12 years older than they were in the last crisis, they're in selling mode. They're age 56 to 74 now. They're not able to go out and get jobs as easily as they were in the last crisis when they were only 44 to 62. We have the deleveraging process happening now with credit harder to get, jumbo loans harder to get, credit card credit lines being cut. We have possible more supply coming on with people having bought multiple homes for Airbnb rentals and being highly leveraged and not being able to afford to service that debt. And we have 30% of Americans who missed their housing payments in June. We don't know exactly how many are going to be able to get back on track and how many aren't. But it does look like we're going to have greater unemployment than we thought. Again, in summary, these are shocking trends and statistics that I hope will help you make good decisions. And even though they're not obvious now, when you consider what I've said and think about it, I think you can see while by September, this will become very obvious and you won't have the time advantage on your side. So if this is a plan that you had to sell your real estate, this might be the best time to do that. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.